You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, thanks for tuning into the podcast. I'm glad to have you back today. So we're going to continue our reading of the Psalms. Today we're going to be in Psalm 8, skipping forward several Psalms. This is one that you've heard over and over again because it has a couple of lines that are used a lot in church, a lot in songs. Uh, this is, you know, praise songs and hymns have been developed around this Psalm. It is a Psalm of praise. This is one where the psalmist David wants to praise God. But there's some things that he says while he's praising God that are powerful. Um, if you're a parent or a grandparent today, definitely tune in. If you're a child who's a listener, man, sharpen your ears. Because at the end of the podcast, I want to point out one line that is really peculiar to me. I think it's interesting. I think we can learn from it. Psalm 8. Let me read it to you. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind? that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than the angels and have crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds, all the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the sea. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. David begins and ends this praise psalm with the refrain, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. That God's name is great in all of God's cosmos. He talks about how God's glory is set in the heavens. He talks about what he thinks and feels when he considers the heavens. When he looks at all the things God's made, the magnitude of it, the moon, the stars, everything he's done, David asks himself, holy smokes, what is mankind that you're mindful of us? Why are we so special? It's almost as if David recognizes that we haven't earned or deserved this, that a God who could make the cosmos as he has, that we certainly don't have any privileges above him, that we are at his debt, that we have been given the opportunity to live in this cosmos much more to govern it. In verse 5, he says, you, you made us a little bit lower than the angels. You crowned us with glory and honor. In verse 6, David recounts that God made mankind rulers, governors, stewards, over his creation. All the animals that live on his earth, the things that inhabit his planet, we are placed over it to govern his creation, stewards of his. And David feels very privileged by that. David just says, you know, what is mankind that you even think about us? That's a powerful thought to imagine the grand scale of all that God has made and then to realize that God has chosen to create us, we're totally in his debt, 
and He's chosen to put us in charge of His possessions, that He allows us to enjoy His earth, to rule over His earth, to benefit, to benefit from His earth. Like that's a, that's a remarkable privilege. And just like David says, we should look up from time to time and say, wow, what are we that you've done this? We haven't earned it or deserved it. So I thought that was powerful. Now, let me bring up this peculiar line. In verse 2, David writes something that is strange. In verse 2, after saying that God set his glory in the heavens, David says this, Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. Wait a minute. So I'll read again. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. So how is it that the praise of infants and children establish a stronghold against God's enemies, silencing the enemy, the foe, the avenger, evildoers on the earth? And I think the answer is in the psalm that God has chosen human beings, crowned us, placed us to rule over creation. And so when we have small infants in our laps and young children in our homes who are praising God, then we are raising a generation of stewards who will stand against evil, who will create strongholds against injustice and enemies. Now, this is a pretty powerful thought, isn't it? This is something that Jesus called to mind in the temple courts when he responded uh, to adults who thought that Jesus was being bothered by children in the temple courts and thought it was inappropriate for Jesus to be interacting with all these small children. And, and Jesus says, you know, don't you know that God has ordained praise from the mouths of infants and children? And, and he encourages, you know, adults, you know, that if we don't have childlike faith, you know, we we you know, we, we're not going to inherit the kingdom. He, he tells leaders, adults, to let the children come to him. And, and I, I think reading Psalm 8 about how important it is to raise up generations of children who praise God, who love God, who fear God, who walk in his commands. Why? Because if we raise up godly children, then they are his answer for injustice and evil. Because they're going to grow up to be a generation of people who should stand against injustice, wickedness, and evil. They should be the ones who bring an end to racism and hate in their day. They should resist it for one generation at a time on the earth, and they become the refuge in the strongholds. Really and truly, like raising up these godly children is a part of God's plan to rule over, steward, and govern the earth in a way that allows beauty and hope and justice and goodness to flourish. Now, to do that well, I think as a church and as families, we have to recognize how important it is for children to have an accurate understanding of God, that we would not make God in our own image, or that we would not manipulate kids with a fear of God that we use to our own ends, but instead that we would let kids see who God is, that they could love Him and know Him and walk in His ways, that we would teach them to stand against injustice and to stand for goodness and righteousness. Some of these things are easier said than done, and they require an accurate understanding of who God is and who Jesus was. And as believers, we have to walk with Christ and study our scriptures well to know this. But Psalm 8 reminds me as a parent how important it is to raise up children who praise God, that even the sweet and innocent praise of an infant or a young child who has a wonderful childlike faith, you see the beginnings of God's plan to rule the earth well, 
to care for it and protect it, to stand against wickedness and evil. On the cross of Christ and in the resurrection of the empty tomb, Jesus has defeated evil for all time. But generation after generation, as we stand against it, waiting for the kingdom to fully come, part of the plan is children who praise God. So if you're listening to the podcast today and you are one of our Carterville kids, as your pastor, I just want to tell you, thank you for standing against evil. Thank you for loving Jesus. Thank you for praising God. Stay faithful in that. If you're a parent, I want to encourage you in your work. I know sometimes it's hard, thankless, difficult work, exhausting. Don't give up. Church family, let's raise godly children. I love you. God bless you. Cannot wait to see you tonight in our discipleship environments for our cafe. Don't forget, the meal is uh, served from 5 to 6 if you want to take part in that. And our small group classes are from 6 to 7. God bless you. See you tonight.